Yo, this is Derek Miner, and you're watching Pin Game 101. Uh, yeah. Check the pin game, check the pin game. Got your favorite rappers going insane. Then we run the gauntlet like the end game. So what you waiting for? Check the pin game. Yo, what's up? It's Justin from Rapzilla. I am here with Luke DiMarzio. Mr. Cutright and Derek Miner for Pen Game 101, episode 16. And we are talking about Nobody's Perfect, which hopefully by now, as you're watching this, is one of your favorite albums of the year, if not your favorite album of the year. Mr. Mr. Derek Miner, what's good, bro? How you what's doing? What's happening? What's happening? All right. So, uh, Pen Game 101. We're mm-hmm. talking about your pen. We're playing some games. We're take you're taking us to school on the 101. If you've seen the show before, we know you haven't, Derek. I'm talking to the viewers. You've seen the show before. You know how this goes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> See what he's awake now. He's it's good. Like, what are we doing? All right. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, so, that's right. He need to be awake. That he need to be awake for this because you're in a lion. Then right now, I'm so glad this is episode number 16. Since you are a rapper among rappers, I don't think you got no problems with these 16. So we're going to do this game called Build a Bar. Where I'm going to throw out a word, and you're going to go ahead you have to, you know, structure a rhyme. We're going to do jingle, you know what I mean? But in reverse, you ain't pulling the blocks out. You put Oh, them. my gosh. Okay. Right, you know what I'm saying, bro? That's right, bro. All right, check it out. So the first word, Scuba Gooding Jr., Scuba Gooding Jr. Scuba Gooding Jr. Uh, bars float on your radio. Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Look, 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 look. Uh, off the top of the dome, you know I'm moving through you. Bars float through your radio. Scuba Gooding Jr. Uh, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Let's go. Beat him in the head like Montgomery, bro. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I go try taco, it out. Taco meat. Uh. Yikes. Taco meat, bro. Are you for real? I don't know what's happening. I don't know the deal. I just know that I fill up the shelves with more cash than Taco Bell, Taco Meat all on my dash because it's, I don't know, oh well. <laughs> Let's go. Keep going. <laughs> Yo, I some Methuselah. Uh. Uh, man, <laughs> what kind of bars are these? This man giving me these words. It feel like a disease, man. But the flow sick. I get older with time. Methuselah flow. I guess I got those kinds of rhymes. They classic. Back with it, I'm master. The flow is so boombastic. I don't know, dog. It's off the top I, of the oh, brain. Trying to catch it. <laughs> Let's go. There. I see you. I'm saying, Mr. Major. Ain't no mind over here, Mr. Major. I see you. I look sweet chin music. Uh, kicking it off. Mm, kicking it, kicking it, it. off. <laughs> yeah, right. Kicking it off. Oh my God, this generation. Sweet chin music to your dome when I s- knock these bars off the top of the. I don't know, bro. I ran out of tops and bottles. <laughs> But it still don't matter because when I sweet chin music, you you down on the mat. I don't know. That was whack. But it's okay. I'm coming right back because I'm never going to leave a plate unfinished. Sweet chin music. 
uh, gotta finish my dentist. Sweet chin music. Send a to the dentist. I don't know. Like, I don't know, bro. I'll just keep going. Like, look, nobody's perfect. Like, right. I'm, just, I'm just gonna keep riding through it till I get through it. Hey, that's it, bro. That's the next word is nobody's perfect. I ain't talking about your rhymes. It's talking about nobody's perfect. Talking about it, right. <laughs> Nobody perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, I remember sitting back wondering about these curses till I found out that nobody's perfect, but God is worth it. Off the top, telling them the praise, I observe it. Sabbath, I rest, chill, and kick it. Nobody's perfect. I don't know. Did I get it? I just hey, bro, my eyes and went hey, to another. Hey, look, bro, this is brave heart, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to have heart. Just I love it. You did, bro. You was out here like, damn, you taking a... You were sleeping because you were comfortable, bro. I appreciate it. Salute to you, bro. You know what I'm saying? You survived. Yeah, five stars, five stars. I survived it. Man, I showed it. Enough, and, bro, I ain't freestyled it. Well, I mean, I don't really write most of my lyrics. So, I guess it's like, it is what it is. But... Man, you stay ready. You ain't got to get ready, bro. You just right. got to sleep with your clothes on. You hop right, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> So you so you do the the Jay Z method of recording. You just get in the booth and rap, and then you you cut for it the, up. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, I just go in and and, and you know I, I find that to be the best way to find some new pockets and new ways to write. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, because we got we record we're recording artists. So recording artists aren't freestylers, battle rappers, you know, they, they, they do that. So look, I'm happy that I didn't, I think the thing about rapping is you have to be a verbal processor. Like you gotta be able to rap through it. And I think sometimes people are trying to make these every bar be perfect. It's like, nah, I'm gonna rap through it till I get to it. So let's talk about nobody's perfect. So let's talk about your pen. You're gonna, basically, we're just gonna go track by track and you're gonna tell us some of the the story or some of the behind the scenes anything cool that happened within that track i know you got your your documentary that kind of talks a little bit about each song mm -hmm. um so you can expand on what you said or you can kind of say here's something interesting that nobody knows about this track i'll, I'll leave that kind of up to you all right um man. so the first the first track of the album is hallelujah yeah, so the interesting part about this is it wasn't the original intro on the album. Um, so back in, let's see, March and April, I was touring this project and I get an email that says, you cannot use this sample. It's been pulled down off of TrackLib, which is where I got the original for the one. So I was like, yo, my album, I'm almost done with it. I'm heading to mixing. Is there any, any way I can, like, is there anything I can pay? Can you give me with the publisher? And they was like, no. Nah. So I re reached out to the publisher myself. I called some people in London, wound up getting some people in Sweden. And, uh, you know, I told them my plans and they were like, nah, no way. They're like, you can't use this. So I was like, well, I mean, what's the price? I mean, is, is there a price? They're like, no, there's no amount of money that we're going to let you use this. I was like, okay. Wow. I was like, dang. <laughs> he put his foot down, so I ain't saying nothing else. But uh, and, and it was a blessing in disguise because I was in New York and I just had this melody la da 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 la da 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 da. So I sent that. I went in the bathroom and I did that voice memo. People thought I was singing in the bathroom. I guess you know whatever. 
So I sent it out to my homeboy Quentin, and Quentin sent back some gu guitars. So the whole time while we were on the road, I just was just thinking about all the stuff I was going through and I've been through and how hard it's been to make music and, and at times. And man, that's just where that, that's where that whole song came from. Really just adversity. And then also during this time, uh, somebody, they, there was a, yeah, there was a lot going on, y'all. I don't even want to get into it. Just watch the documentary. You'll see. Like, you'll get it. Okay. So Next. check it out. I oh, wait, go ahead, wait, cut. wait, because I, I, I got to say this. I'm holding this back, bro. From, I told Justin the moment that I heard that record, bro, the opening bars, like, hit me. Like, I gave God all my pain, but forgot to give him praise. Man. Bro, me, bro that joint was so powerful as a statement because like you said like we can get so caught up in giving all our problems to god we can get so caught up in all all everything that life got to throw at us you know mm -hmm. what i mean and and you know what i'm saying it, it it gets to a point where where god becomes a, a therapist instead of a father you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and you know what i'm saying and just reminding people of that from the front of the album you know what yeah. I'm saying? yo listen like yo i i ain't this perfect person I've been in this place, you know what I'm saying, where all I was giving God was pain, you know what I'm saying, and forgot that, that you know what I'm saying, that what I was supposed to give him was myself, my heart, you know what I mean? And all yeah, that. And, I, and, I, and I think, you know, sometimes we can think that we have to do that for God's sake, to be right, or something like that. But honestly, I needed to do it for myself, you know what I mean, because the whole idea of that bar is not just me saying, oh, man, I forgot to do something. It's really saying that I forgot to look on the bright side of life. I forgot to see, like, I saw the negative stuff, and I gave that back to God, but I didn't give him back all the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, my family, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I ended with hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, regardless of all these things, they pale in comparison. That's the reason why I'm able to say hallelujah. At the very end of the song. Dope, dope. Um, next track is Pressure. I remember you sent this one to me months ago. Um, and you were like, yo, what do you think of this track? Um, so tell us about Pressure and, and working with Aaron Cole on it and, and how that came to be. So that's the only hook on the album that I didn't write. Besides, no, there's two international shows song. Um, uh uh vibration is the next one and pressure and i literally i had made the beat i had the choir sample up and i just couldn't come up with anything and aaron literally sent that back in like 30 minutes like he came knocked it down and was like all right but i'll see you later you know but i mean the hook is really simple it's really about or the song is simple is it's just about all the pressure that we go through but even when you go through pressure, you got two choices. You're either going to buckle under it or you're going to get, you're going to bring more pressure than the pressure delivers, right? So now you the pressure. So that's the goal is for me to encourage people to like, nah, you apply pressure to life. Okay. Now you got Vibrations with International Show, Oswin Benjamin, and DJ Mouski. Yeah, fun fact about that one, that one wasn't even my song originally. It was actually an international show song. And he played it for me because he wanted my critique. And I was like, bro, um, can I have it, please? <laughs> and at first he said, no, no, bro, like, this is a hit. I'm like, 
I know, bro. Let me get it. <laughs> and he, I was like, bro, he was like, well, I already got a verse on that. I was like, bro, just let me have your verse spot and you stay on the hook. And he, he went for it. And I'm happy he did because I really feel like that fills a great space in the album. So shout out International Show for being a real giving person. You know what I'm saying? It sounded more like you took it, but that's fine. Right? He just I mean, Debo that man record, bro. Like, no, I, I asked him several times is what I did. I asked him several times and would not take no for an answer. Does he get does he get it on the remix with his actual own verse on it? We should do that. I didn't I never thought about doing that, but we should do that because the ver- the ver- the verse was crazy. Like oh, he was yeah. spazzing. Dude was going off. That's why I had to come so hard on it. Cause I was like, I can't ask the man to take his verse off and then, you know what I mean? Like do I something subpar. All right, I gotta I gotta come with it, you know what I mean? Okay. What about the uh the track Wait? Man, Wait was actually for he don't know this, I don't think. But I actually wrote that hook for propaganda. That was uh DJ Mosky was producing some stuff. And he was like, Man, I'm trying to do something for the West for prop. And Mosky always send me stuff and, and I sent him a hook back and I kinda mumbled the verse. And he was like Man, this your song, bro. Like, we'll make something else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was for Prop. Sorry, Prop. I love you, Jason. Track five, more on the way, featuring One K Feud, John Keith, and No Big Deal. Man, I mean, I really go into it in the documentary, um, the Nobody's Perfect visual co- uh, commentary. But long story short, that song was birthed out of the the whole thing where. I got to a point where I had more money than more money than I imagined I would have. And um I still felt broke. Like I still was afraid, man. Like, I mean, I'm talking about when I say broke, like we go to like Chick-fil-A or whatever, and they like, yo, you want the large or the medium? And I'm like, dang, man, that, that large, man, that's 75 cents. I'm sitting over here thinking, like, bro, I could buy everybody in this line Chick-fil-A. Why in the world are you stressing over a 75 cent upgrade? And and that's kind of where I started realizing that like poverty, as much as it is a physical state, it can also be a a mindset. And so I wrote more on the way really to help me and others who struggle with, you know, with that mindset to be like, nah, you don't have to worry. Like God got it. It's more on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. Uh, track six, Third Day, featuring Ty Brazzle. Yeah, uh, let me see if there's anything special about that. I mean, I think the song with that one, again, documentary, visual commentary. I'm going to plug that almost every song. but That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think that when I made that song, it was the I had this concept of, like, success. And I was like, man, success is like you make an idea, and you put the work in, and then boom, everything just falls into your lap. That was kind of my early on perspective, but as I've grown and as I've started several businesses and been a part of several movements, like I realized that success is more of a stock chart. It go up and down. Even if it's going up, there's going to be down moments on the way up, right? And I would take those down moments as like, man, all right, God, this is it. You about to take me out. I'm about to fail. And God, like, nah, fool, like, 
you straight. Like I'm this is just a moment of preparation so you can go to the next level. So like I wrote the song to encourage people that, you know, you're gonna rise. No matter how many times you get knocked down, if you don't stay down, you can you can rise. You can always get up. Track seven, Scars, featuring Philip LaRue. So I met my homie Philip, and uh, I was in a really low place, and Philip was an ear for me. He allowed me to be able to like talk about some really, really things that were hurtful. And I mean, I was working on this song, another voice memo I sent to Quentin, and Quentin sends back the guitars, and I just would start talking about like my past, and the weight that I carried off of it and a lot of the shame that also came along with that weight. And man, I told Philip all of that stuff and man, he just wrote that. He didn't even write the hook, I don't think. He was sitting here like mumbling and we just hit record and he just goes in there and just knocks out the foundation of it. It was crazy. And all if you notice on all those takes, they're all different. So I didn't, we did it like a live recording, right? So it's like the first one feels one way the second one feels a different way and the last one feels better. And I feel like that's what makes that song so unique because the hook wasn't just a copy and paste thing. It was like a, a constant growing. That's cool. Yeah. All right, track eight, It's Okay, featuring Susan Carroll, Byron Juan, and Greg James. Yeah, I mean, It's Okay is just, it's an anthem for people that don't feel good, that don't feel okay. And it's like, man, it's okay for you not to be okay. Like, you don't have to have all the answers. Like, you don't have to be the perfect person. You just got to keep trying and 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 be repentant when you make mistakes. But I saw on the album you had Scars and It's Okay back to back on the project with one song highlighting the human experience, the pain we all go through and the pieces that are left behind from said experiences and the healing experience, realizing as you stated that everyone suffers and they don't have to struggle alone with the suicide rate rising in the church and people being more transparent about their mental health, what advice would you give to someone who is currently trying to navigate their dry place? Man, that's good. Um, I'm going to tell you something that's counterintuitive to what um, everyone tells you. So I'm not telling you that if you struggle with suicidal thoughts um, to to succumb to those thoughts. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying fight those thoughts with truth. But that's why I would say number one is is to fight everything with truth. With with because our emotions can trick us. Your emotions can make you think that you have the worst situation on the planet and it's really just a couple things that you need to work on. And man, as a person that struggled with not even wanting to be here at times like, man, I look at my sons now and I get to take them to like football practice and basketball games and stuff. And I think like, man, I would have missed all of this and they may not have gotten to do any of it. And that would have been a terrible decision. So I'm telling you to number one, if that's where you at, like you have to, you have to know like life is beautiful. Even when you don't feel like it's beautiful, it is beautiful and it's worth fighting for. And you have to use truth to fight those thoughts. And you need community to fight those thoughts. You don't suffer in silence. Like, find somebody and be okay with being an inconvenience. Because oftentimes the strong friend doesn't want to 
make everybody. They don't want to be the center of attention. They don't want inconvenience. And your conscience will make you feel like if you ask for help, that you're being like, that you're being like too needy or that you're being like a, like you feel shame. Like, man, I'm, I'm trying to make myself the center of attention. Like fight that. If you're fighting those thoughts, you need to talk with people. But what I'll say on the back end of that. So I said all of that, but I'm going to add something else to it. For the people that are struggling with like, man, I think I'm struggling. I think you have to be realistic and be honest with yourself before you can at all. You can't, because I think a lot of times what Christians do is they project who they want to be as opposed to who they actually are. And I'm like, if you're struggling with your faith, you need to just come to a point and don't and be okay with saying, I'm struggling right now with my faith. And then talk to some people. But you, you can't do that if you're not honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that if you're projecting your insecurities on other people or if you're like, man, I got to save the world. I don't have time to deal with this stuff. Like, no, nah, you do. Take time to yourself. And, and, and what the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. On track nine, the love you give. Yeah, so that was uh, sparked by, I don't know how many people remember this, but um, when George Floyd's murderer got convicted, I posted like on all my social media, I posted a phrase that wasn't necessarily the most mature thing to do. And I got uh I got beat up pretty bad publicly as far as um you know and this is all in the visual commentary, but I got beat up pretty bad like by a lot of Christians. They were quote unquote holding me accountable by by saying some of the most terrible things, right? Um, but I guess that's what you get for saying something terrible, right? Um and somebody Somebody says there's no hate like Christian love. And that really struck a chord with me because a lot of times Christians are very hateful in the things that they say that they love you. So like I got I got guys right now that are in my Instagram going ham sandwich in the comments. They got long comments and they call each other stupid and idiots and that's not what Paul said, you dummy and this time I'm like, bruh, like, is this, this is the Christian love? Like, hey, listen, brother, I just want you to know by what, when I tell you these five gospel scriptures and call you an idiot, that this is for your own good. It's like, no, fool, that is for you to feel like you're in control and, and to really project on other people. So, like, I just wrote a song about that and, and about that experience and how I felt. I, I like how you flipped that too, because but as soon as you said that, I brought, um, it brought back, you know what I'm saying, the general about the movie, Thug, The Hate You Give, and the whole police, like, yeah, general, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. I, ain't even, I, ain't, I ain't catch it on, until then. You talk <laughs> Right, yeah, right. Yeah. That's crazy that you caught it. You know, it's, that's the beauty of art, though. You hide little messages in there, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we finish off with track 10, Round of Applause. So yeah, the main thing with round of applause is that song is really about, you know, if you if you made it to another day, you deserve a round of applause. Like, like it's my victory lap on the album. It's it's the 
it's the man. I made it through this season. Like I made it. I'm coming out stronger and I'm blessed. And the hope is for people to hear that song and hear the album in its context. Um and and to feel that feel that same way. So yeah, the whole the whole concept behind round of applause is really just it's my victory lap as far as the album is concerned. And it's it's really just I really hope that people when they make it to this this far in the album that they're like, man, I can make it through anything. And I even say that at the end of the album, like if if ever you feel down, put this album on and let Big Brother tell you that, you know what I'm saying, that you can make it. Um, and that's the whole concept. And it also ends with Shalom. So Shalom means peace. Then the beginning of the album starts off with all praise to the most high. So it's like, it's chain linked. That's how the album is supposed to link up. All right. Well, we're about to take a dive back into your your former pen from a long time ago. Oh, gosh. And we, we call this segment Run It Back. And uh, Luke is going to take it from here. Is I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna start quoting you one of your old raps. And let's see, like usually we have a point system. I forgot what the point system is. If you can pick up the rap where from where I finish and finish the rap, mm. that's that's one thing. If you could just tell me the name of the song, that's another thing. If you could tell me the album that that song is on, then that's the other thing. So, no, um, I'm gonna do terrible at this. <laughs> All right, let's go. Most let's rappers are. Most most of these All guys right. are. All right. Constantly, I'm seeing my people stuck in the struggle. Hustle to bubble, but the end result is mostly trouble. Uh uh. That's why I say forgive them. We constantly trying to kill them. Instead of being there for them, you'll rather just forget them. I, I don't even. <laughs> I'm not even sure that's my song, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. <laughs> give, give, him a, give him a couple more. Give him a couple more lines, and then uh, we'll we'll call the official. He taps out. He taps. All right. It's funny. Some of you used to buy drugs, used to date thugs. Now you say, now you like, uh, and you see them on the streets, and they do the same thing. You forget you was praying, Lord, set me free. It's for the people in the crib that's weeded. Put them on the back if it's needed. I think it's on blackout. That sound like blackout era lyrics. Am I no, right? It's before that. It's before that. It's, it's before the blackout. Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. It sounds like it sounds. That's when I was raw, raw. Um, dang, is that like the My Name Is Pro mixtape? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. My name is Pro mixtape. More to life with Andale. More to life. Yes, sir. I gotta go. Whatever listen. happened to Andale? Whatever happened to him? He's a pastor. Oh, okay. He was he was a beast on the mic though, man. He was good. It's a monster, man. Super talented. Yeah. All right, all right. So you t you tapped out on that one, kind of. I was rough. Yeah, that was. All right. We're gonna get a little newer, and maybe you can figure uh, out this one. They don't know how to take it. Kawhi Leonard, while in Texas, they don't know how to shake it. Kawhi Leonard while I test it down on a second. I don't operate your rules. They don't know how to break me. And I've been bosses. I've been bosses twenty ten. They don't know how to fade me. Uh, that's off the freestyle. That's the the uh 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 uh. Uh, I forgot the freestyle. I forgot the name. I forgot what I two a.m. freestyle. There it go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. All right. Hey, he got that one. That's good. That's one of my favorite verses, though. Like, it's so yeah. Yeah, yeah these you last. Finish it, then? You need to huh? finish it. You <laughs> should know it. It's so good. He can't revisit it. He's just like, uh, I just. It was in that moment. One night only. Bro, I write almost a hundred songs a year, bro. Like, it's what? Yeah, it's hard, bro. So yeah, that's that's the oh, thing cool. though. Like I, I'm a big fan, so these last two were like 2 a.m. in the morning. That's like one of my favorite s- tracks from you. And then this last one was my favorite verse from you. Maybe one of my favorite verses like ever. It's okay. so good. Respect. I'm I'm punching in the middle of the of the flow though, just because I like some of the bars here. So we'll see if you can pick it up. Okay. All right, here's the last one. My tribe is on a quest. We in your ear like a Q-tip. Oh my gosh, keep going. In your hood where they know me, where they got shooters like Kobe. Oh, I got shooters like Kobe, keep going. Had a convo with the king, he said, my son need to know me. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I, I, oh man. I the lyrics, I remember them, but I don't remember this. I don't, rem- like, it's, it's almost like every time you say one, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's familiar. But I see my brothers in the gutter, they need the truth and they can't vacate. Plus, Christ, he changed my life when it was ugly, like Shanane. Oh my gosh, is that Mission <laughs> to Mars or something? Like, no, uh, who's that? <laughs> it's uh, the 116 remix. Oh, all I need is 116. That's crazy. Yeah, that's where they got the uh, Uno Uno Seis uh, sample. Uno seis. Yeah, Uno Uno Seis. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, oh I hope, man! I anyway. hope you remember that. I hope you do. You were there. <laughs> hey, it's a lot of places I was there. I don't remember. So <laughs> here's the here's the final part. All right, Mister One Hundred One. We're gonna ask you questions. You're gonna take us to school. So okay. I'm gonna kick off the first question. So you and I, we you know we we talk a bit, and I remember last year at elevation you were telling me about all the music that you had coming and now this is like a full year over a full year later yeah that time that we spoke so from then until you know you essentially handed in your final mixes for this mm-hmm. what was that process taking shape was 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 this album kind of realized then when we were talking or was it just building and building slowly since then? So, quite honestly, like, with this being my first album, like, when I say album, as far as, like, commercial art, my first solo album since The Trap, which yeah. is 2018, a lot has changed. Because, like, my sync projects, like, so to just put y'all in the game, like, going up, whole team winning, highlight tapes, even the one with my brother, uh, I forgot the name of it, but we sitting on the Corvette. Like that, those albums were for sync. They weren't like I didn't look at them like they were art pieces. So they were fun to make, but the whole goal was to get on ESPN. And it worked. Like that's why I get a lot of syncs. This is my first like album that's like a piece of art that I may get sync records off of it, but that's not the whole goal. So I had to go back to school and rediscover how to be an artist last year. Like, so starting around October, 
I just had to start learning what being an artist felt like again. Like, what are people doing to be successful? How can I do it? What are some things that I should do? What are some things I should avoid? And that's what I've been doing this whole time. Um, is just really trying to get my feedback wet so that that way when I put this album out, I won't be just throwing it out and it's not effective in the way that it reaches people. So that's that's number one. Uh, number two, I do most of this stuff myself. So let's see, out of 10 tracks, there's only two of them that I didn't touch the production on. I recorded all of it, mixed it all, mastered it all. Um, the visual commentary, I edited the whole thing. We shot 10 music videos with uh, Will Thomas. He'll edit those, but, you know, there's been a lot of things I've been doing to really, and, and I wanted to do them myself because this is also a part of my expression as well. I could have got someone to edit it, but I feel like the the visual commentary feels much better because I edited it because it's another expression yeah. uh, on this album. So I think that that's really where the year has gone for me. Yeah, and I know basically in between that and the trap, you also had by any means, which we know what happened with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at the time you told me that you were redoing that, but did that become this project? I thought about doing that, but no, it's it's not the energy, it's not the energy of the feel or the emotion that I want to be with by any means. By any means is has a very specific emotion that I'm I'm trying to capture. And I just kept pushing these off. Um I've been pushing by any means off because I want to be in the right headspace to create that yeah. that piece of art. Because I know a lot of people care about how that how that's going to conclude. So this record actually was, I got this record. I have another record that I'm doing with somebody. I got like two two. I have like three records in the can right now. And once I finish all those up, then I'm going to do by any means. No, speaking speaking of you know, the headspace and everything, because by any means, that record doesn't work anymore because you're totally out of that headspace, right? Of the yeah. original one. Yeah, the original one doesn't, it doesn't work. So I could try to just reproduce the production on it. And, but man, I'm in a whole different place. So I'm even shifting how I want to conclude the project now, because I'm in a different place. I have a new view on how life looks so i want to make sure that i give people the record that they deserve and that's why it's taking so long uh it's all in god's timing so i'm waiting just like y'all whenever we get it done the people gonna get it though doing the tour before the album's release changed how this album was put together oh yeah oh yeah yeah like uh you wouldn't have the visual commentary if it wasn't for the tour um and that, like, the, the whole reason I did it was just because while I was on the road, people were like, man, the people, people need to know the, the mind behind the record. Like, and I literally had a person walk up to me and say, I would much rather come to something like this than a concert. They were literally like, I would much rather just come and hear the artists and hear their heart. And it really impacted them in that way. So I was like, man, well, I wonder if we took that same format and made it visual if it would be just as impactful. So we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. It drops right before the album, so we'll find out.
Yo, are you are you uh gonna run that tour back? Like I don't know. I I, like, I I'd like to. I'd like to. Um, we, I gotta talk with Mike Mac and see what he thinks. But yeah, I'd like to. It'd be cool. Touched on the sink licensing and what what you were doing with all of the sink and stuff. And I wanted to ask, do you feel that being a Christian artist in the sink licensing realm? that it's a plus because most of the time you're already built with the thought process to have commercially clean content. Um, also, the second question that I did want to just state about is um, the legacy that you leave behind because I know you're really active in Discord uh, with the RMG amplifier out there. You're creating an avenue for cats to, to grow their brand. And I was like, mad crazy. I'm saying all of these people who are coming up uh, under uh, the, the hand that you planted and, and I'm saying the tree that you planted. So number one was about the, the sink licensing aspect. Do you feel like that we have like a one up in that area because we already make commercially clean content and two, like how important is that part to your legacy of Derek Mind the person? Yeah, I think it is an edge when if you're good at making clean music, that's an edge because clean music can go anywhere, right? It it just really can. Um, but I think the disadvantage that a lot of Christian artists have is they're conscious in having to feel like they have to throw Jesus in everything. So if somebody sends a brief and they're like, yo, we want a, a song about cars. And it's like, man, God drove my sin all the way to hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's the that's one of the, the issues that a lot of Christian artists struggle with, or they struggle with, they don't struggle with actually creating that kind of stuff, but they struggle with, I mean, I know for me, a lot of people were like, man, your music just doesn't have substance anymore because people are used to music with a lot of weight. And the whole point of sync music is background music. There's not going to be a lot of weight to those records. They're just not going to have that. So that's the pros and cons in that. As far as legacy is concerned, I mean, the story's still being written. So my goal is just to continue helping people where I can and being the best leader possible. All right, Derek, in the documentary, you talk about getting a phone call from Toby Nwigway, uh -huh. reminding you of your purpose. So are you are you able to talk about that phone call a little bit and just like why why it happened and how it you know, rejuvenated you? Yeah, it was a check. So I put that in there because um, it was important to me. But I, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and act like me and Toby are best friends. Like we, we text every now and again. He's a good dude. I'm super blessed to, uh, to be able to even have a relationship with somebody that talented and just real, real guy. But man, after the, the Derek Chauvin stuff, my mom called me and I remember Toby texting me and I started, you know, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And he, he was like, man, this is not part of your purpose. And I was like, he said that and it jarred me. And I responded, I was like, I don't even know my purpose. And that sent me on this journey to be able to say no man should be purposeless. No person should feel purposeless. But at the time, I, I really felt purposeless. I felt 
like I felt on the outskirts of CHH or Christian music. I felt like the outskirts of the church and I felt like the outskirts of just like America. And I was like, man, I guess my only purpose is to just, I think I just gave up dreaming. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And um, I was like, well, let me make it simple. It's make money and take care of my family. And being able to do that for a couple of years is what actually allowed me to have some weight to my words now. Um, Cause I have found my purpose, but yeah, that was, a, um, and it's crazy how God can use something really small like that to really, to really change you. I can think of several times when it's not the big counseling session. Sometimes it's just a person just shooting you a text message. Sometimes it's somebody praying for you. Sometimes it's somebody just giving you a hug that could really jolt you out of one direction and put you somewhere else. So, yeah. Uh, there is a comment about nobody's perfect not being biblically accurate and an excuse for being sinful, and you responded to it. Can you elaborate on your the name and the factual intent behind it? Yeah, no, nah, that means I'm glad that you asked that. Um, so I remember I was promoting my uh, my wife is a baker, and we were doing this thing where you come to uh, our pop-up shop and you get some good food and you listen to that album early. Now hashtag that nobody's perfect. And this guy jumps in and he says, be perfect for I am perfect. And he, you know, he quotes the scripture. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, wow, okay. And I'm like, well, nobody can be without sin though. And he said, do you agree? This is what got me. When he said this, I was like, all right, I don't know what else to say. Do you agree that once you're a Christian, that it's impossible for you to sin? And I said, no, I do not agree. Um, I mean, that's the whole essence of what Romans is saying is that, you know, even though we still are sinful, like Christ redeems us. So I guess people have this perspective when they hear, and I get it. Because people have used the term nobody's perfect to really kind of be like, ah, whatever, and very flippantly. But I'm not doing it in that way. I'm reclaiming it in a way of saying like, yo, you're not perfect. And that's absolutely normal. Because I know I felt normal. I didn't feel normal for making mistakes. I felt like my mistakes were the biggest mistakes in the world and nobody else is making mistakes. And I, and I was so full of shame. I felt like, you know what I'm saying? And at the same time, I felt like with other people, if they did things that everything they did was on purpose and it was an affront to me, they were trying to hurt me. I didn't leave any space really for people to just be imperfect and in their process and in their journey. So what I said with, you know, I, the post I said is real simple. I'm not saying nobody's perfect so that people can just make excuses to do evil. First off, that's lame. Um, but second off, like, that's not the message you get from any of the content that I put out in any way, right? But what yeah, I am saying, but what I am saying is for the people who are struggling, that are trying to do their best, that's trying to make it happen, that there's grace for you. There's grace for you. And since there's grace for you, you should have grace for others. It's that simple. I can't believe I get to tell you this, bro. Listen, 
one of my favorite bars from you ever embodied everything that I and anybody else who ever picked up a pen as a rap artist has felt who loved Jesus. Okay. You said, and I quote, you can put me in a circle with some ill rappers and I'll rap about God, then kill rappers. Uh-huh. But that's how I feel every day. I wake up in the morning. I, <laughs> I brush my teeth. Like I wish somebody would come up, bro, right now, bro. With this right. aim, I got the aim on the bro. You know what I'm saying? Don't get your right. ginger fight. You know what I mean? Leave me out here, bro. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? But so how do you find the balance with your writing? Uh, while well, still, you know what I'm saying, by by keeping, you know, the the uh, what's the word, man? The the, the hip hop energy. You know what I'm saying by not, you know, because we know hip hop is a, a a prideful thing, but it's also sport. You know what I'm saying that's why cats like, you know, the four horsemen. Shout out to the horsemen. You know what I mean, a battle, and they see it as the sport thing, and they're not really, you know, about the pride. But what's how do you find the balance in your writing? Do you ever feel the need to remind the people, I am him? when you're going through your creative process? You know what? For me, when I write, I don't judge the rap according to what others are going to think. Like, I I try not to in the sense that I don't care what they think in the sense of do they think I'm humble enough or lyrical enough or whatever. I judge it whether they get what I'm trying to say or not, right? So, there's nothing I can do to convince people of anything. So I just live my life. Far as balance is concerned, I think balance in the music just comes from being balanced in real life. Um, I'm the type of artist that I rap about my experiences and where I'm at. So here's the thing. If you want to know about me, listen to my music. All right, Derek. So you you have run the gauntlet of Pen Game 101. Let's get it. We we tested your pen. You played some games. I mean, you did your best. And then and then <laughs> you took us <laughs> you yeah. some shots back at you. And then, you know, you took us to school with that 101. So, Derek, the 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 final ball is in your court and I know you got a good jump shot cuz I've played a bunch of times with you. Tell everybody why they should be listening to Nobody's Perfect and running that album back and back and back and back. Because it's going to help you heal if you're hurt. That's why. It's going to help you heal, and it's creative, and there's not another album that's been made like it. I can put I can put that, I can say that without a shadow of a doubt, that you've never heard an album like this before that's this diverse and the, it's this wide of a range of art, but that is also meaningful. So I think it's very unique in that way.